we're midway through 2020. However, it seems as if the year never even truly caught steam. During this pandemic, our cocoon of perfectly crafted schedules, routines and plans has given way to uncertainties and insecurities, although not without a sprinkling of hope and this desire to make lemonade. Through this series, we'll take you on a journey through the hearts and the minds of people around the world and their unique experiences of living in a lockdown planet. I'm your presenter, Shagun Trisal, and this is Letters from the Lockdown. In this episode, we're going to hear from a frontline social worker who spends her day looking after COVID patients. A journalist questions the concept of time when everything seems to be in a state of limbo. And our featured guest, Shorya Sanadhya, talks to us about how the lockdown has positively and negatively affected her work as an influencer. Finally, stick around for today's featured music. Our first letter of the episode is from Tanya Bhatt. Tanya is a 27-year-old, shy but chirpy young woman from Delhi. She is a social worker at a hospital in Delhi where she lives with her parents. Tanya says that while she was born and raised in Delhi, she does not completely resonate with the city. Instead, she prefers to say that she's from all the cities she spent significant years in, Delhi, Bombay and Bukaro. When I was leaving my previous happy job, I had no idea I was signing up to be a frontline worker in a pandemic. I mean, I did sign up for it. But nobody actually imagines living through a pandemic in their lifetime. Please don't call us Corona warriors. We all have it in us when we have to. So there's no need for glorification. It's a job and a choice I've made. Anyway, that's how I think. Seven months into my new job at a city hospital, I land myself in the midst of a chaos in an upside-down world with COVID-19. Initially, surprisingly, it was all very exciting. I was getting to wear the blue surgical gown and had the privilege of an official emergency pass stuck to my scooty, which I could flash on my way and cruise past the security checkpoints. I'd be honest and tell you that I also used that sticker for moving stranded friends and their luggage from one place to another. Power gives you wings, it seems. <laughs> With the new roster in place, we were supposed to be working thrice a week. This meant I was able to see and enjoy the best of both worlds. Well. Not quite literally though. But the golden sunshine and the tan on my hands felt more beautiful this time. It really did. Riding past the leaves on the sides of Akbar Road, yellow, red and orange, all the way to Tughlaq Road. Ah. But as I entered the gates of the hospital, the fear on the faces of patients and their relatives spoke more than a million words. It froze me in my chair each time. And it also told me to take care of myself and the ones I loved. Then one day I was under heavy doubt. Did I come in contact with her? The patient who was in front of me two days ago? Yes, the one who was eight months into her pregnancy and had lost her life? Yes, her report was positive. I had spoken to her husband, touched her papers. I had touched her wheelchair. Did I not? What if I... <sighs> I got myself tested. I must say that those two days of waiting for the result to come back brought me emotionally closer to the people in my life. After 48 hours of self-isolation, the report read negative. And I went back to usual. Days continued like before. I did take some things for granted again. It's not like a magic wand that you wave and suddenly start taking in all things bright and shiny. 
nor do you suddenly start taking the best care of yourself. What I realize though is that it's a process. One day at a time, learn to take care of yourself a little by little. But I would say this, do that thing you wanted to do, do it right now. Of course, while maintaining social distance. Go out there, volunteer to help, plant more trees, reduce your waste, organize a campaign if you feel for it, speak to the local authorities, reduce your water and electricity consumption, gift or adopt an animal, don't work extra hours, sleep next to your mother, hear lullabies if you want to, reach out to the friend you miss but haven't told them yet. Because it's now or never. This letter was read by Archita Trisal. It's hard to imagine working as a frontline worker in these times or even operating any other essential service. Even at home, when we're barely meeting anyone, we're constantly washing our hands and sanitizing our doors and groceries. But what do you do when you have to be out there doing your job with the constant threat of the virus looming over your head? While Tanya wants us to stay clear of crowning her a corona warrior, Captain Raghav, who's written to us from the Pacific Ocean, says he prefers to call himself and his crew Corona Hunters. Equipped with biohazard suits, bottles of handwash, hundreds of masks and sanitizers, Captain Raghav and his crew set sail for China in February, a time when the death toll was peaking on a daily basis in that country. In the next few months, on board a merchant vessel, they sailed to Singapore, Japan and the US, almost as though they were tracking the virus where it was at its worst. As captain of the ship, he was worried that if one of his crew members were to show COVID symptoms when they were offshore, he wouldn't be able to send for an expert doctor, make an emergency docking, or worse, send their dead body home. Constant texts and calls from worried family members back home, or the fact that he was on a metal ship surrounded by nothing but the water, was the least of his concerns during this period. In his letter to us, Captain Raghav also recounts his experience of docking at a US port where the sailors were expected to scrub the bridge with a disinfectant and not eat in the presence of the American Merchant Navy officers even as these same people went around on the ship checking equipment and other things without even putting masks on. Yet, Captain Raghav had to ensure that the Corona Hunters' enthusiasm remained unwavered and motivation levels high. Moving on, the next letter is from Kavafi. Kavafi is a Delhi-based reporter who writes about India's economy, polity and bureaucracy. He's locked in in a small town with his parents and a hyperactive dog. First thoughts, as soon as our Supreme Leader Narendra Modi went live with his initial announcement of a 21-day total lockdown, it is going to be like house arrest but without any political halo. It is also going to be testing, for I've never spent more than a week with my parents in a very long time. For products of a particular morphosil generation, there is no need to describe the variety of reasons, these are too obvious. Yet, it has directed me to previously less understood and foggy facets of my family life. For instance, my mother's asthma. She has had it for decades, but one of these days, she barged into my study, heaving and puffing. She sat on a chair in the corner. It was a fool's guess that she had had an argument with my father. Suddenly, she began sobbing, like a little girl. I never had this asthma before I was married into this town, she said. The town is polluting because of an abundance of earthly resources. Then we had a light-hearted chat, wondering what was worse, the town or the man. I think about this tragic comic scene often. <laughs> anyway, 
It is now more than three months since I was locked in and the first and recurring casualty is a reckoning with time. I would rather write about that here than a few more of many such tragic comedies. There is already a huge stockpile of lament about a quicker passage of time. We know for a fact that modern days last for 16 hours instead of the medieval 24. Which is okay. So, what would a lockdown do to deepen the pain? Broaden the anxiety, if you were to ask me. On the surface, I've been okay even if I've put on a lifeless face over several video calls and struggled through a few insomniac nights. Literature helped. My God! Ravi Hage's books, Cockroach, De Niro's Game. But these couldn't cushion the feeling of time passing so fast that one moment you have an entire one year exquisitely planned on paper. And in another moment, all of it is reduced to ash as the fires of time burn brighter thanks to the pandemic. Which reminds me of a wonderful scene in Linklater's Before Sunset, where Celine seems to convey to Jesse that though she is very young, she is aware that time is the thing they have the least of. She is aware of the linear passage and the deceptions of time. See for your own self, March snowballed into June in less than two dozen days and hours upon hours of screen time. So, when I go back to my life after this lockdown, I will be twice as much aware of holding on to my remaining youthful time by latching on to a few fleeting moments now and then. I don't know what a fleeting moment is anymore. I'm trying to come up with a definition. Kawafi is right in pointing out that the coronavirus has not only reshaped our landscape for what used to be once crowded public places, it has also redefined the concept of time. In this standstill, when days seem rather long, weeks and months have passed surprisingly fast, and well, we're midway through 2020 already. When we're out of this, we will all look back to this period with different emotions, but I might not be wrong in saying that we will no longer take simple joys of meeting our friends and our partners for granted. Shalini, who is locked in in Mumbai with her two Grinch-like kids and her other half, doesn't recall much of March anymore. She does, however, remember how the initial days of the lockdown threatened to throw everything out of balance. She was bound indoors in a snug two-room apartment with a ten-year-old marriage and two children. A poet and a writer, Shalini says that she would have preferred to spend quiet afternoons making love to words and brewing imaginary characters into life. But now, she couldn't cheat on her husband in peace anymore. Instead, her time was invaded with the monstrous horror of heaped dishes that she washed to the tune of Whitesnake and even louder 90s ballads. She and her husband now spend their days talking in chore divisions and duty permutations, and as rewards, sneak sweaty, grimy kisses in between. They even laugh at each other's incompetencies at being the Greek gods of domestic life. Though they sometimes get petty about how to divide the chores, they also manage to break the monotony of being parents with late-night wine, Netflix, music, and some philosophical discussions. And then there are endless weekend Zoom calls for her. Somewhere between being one happy family formation on Zoom and wanting to plummet down a rabbit hole of her solitude, Shalini says she's learning to balance time between connections she can touch and hold by her hands with the ones that are physically out of reach. Speaking of romance and date nights with partners, our final letter of the day is from Shorya Sanadhya. Shorya is a Pune-based content creator whose work speaks the language of fashion, makeup and skincare. After completing her master's in economics and serving in a corporate firm for a year, Shorya chose to follow her dream and created a niche for herself as an influencer. Her passion for fashion and skincare has made her start a community of her own on social media, 
She has a clothing line called Shorya Sanadhya label and a skincare brand called Aryam. Shorya is locked in in Pune with her husband. I never thought we'd be locked in in our homes for months. Though it sounds like the coolest thing to get up and not do anything, not do any work, sleep when you want to and binge watch your favorite series. It does get monotonous after a point. I remember saying to my husband one day that this feels like a scene from a sci-fi movie. But to sum up the entire lockdown period, it's hit me in good ways and bad. Let's start with the good first. I got to spend a lot of quality time with my husband. While we spent time with each other even on normal days before the lockdown, this was different. This meant more than just being together. It meant sharing your thoughts, getting to know each other in and out, doing our work simultaneously, managing chores together, and honestly, it made our bond stronger with each passing day. On the work front, I got to create more organic content, which I love doing. And I got to explore my creative side. Because of the lockdown, I had to do everything. I was recording, planning, executing, etc. all by myself. And I sort of loved being the one-man army for my work. It made me learn and explore a lot. The negative side was that work took a dip. And I understand that all of us are in this together, but that does get to us. My label got affected because manufacturing had to stop and subsequently the deliveries too. And because of the same reason, collaboration stopped. So both the fields took a hit. After a point, this affected my mental health as well. There were days I felt really low and unproductive. There were days that made me feel really low on energy mentally. But at the back of my mind, I knew that I needed to be patient. So on the days that I felt low, I took a break from work and I gave myself the time to calm myself down and relax my mind. It was like a mini vacay, but at home. I briefly tried to take an off from social media too. And that helped me a lot. Sometimes you do need to take a break from your daily activities just to sort of rejuvenate yourself, relax your mind and get back to work with a stronger zeal to work and create content. I strongly believe that everything happens for a reason and this lockdown has taught me the real meaning of being patient and calm. It has taught me the importance of the little things in life and how we should live life in the moment and never take anything for granted. We're all going through a difficult phase and I hope we all get through this real soon. The lockdown has been like a roller coaster ride with ups and downs. But all in all, I've been having fun all through the journey. This letter was read by Shinaz Merchant. What Shorya essentially says is that while it is difficult to find happy and bright moments during this lockdown, let alone hold on to them, many of us have developed greater appreciation for the simple things in life. A cake well baked, no dishes in the sink, an office Zoom call that ended sooner than it was planned for, a new piece of art, some good news from a friend or family, or even our comfort TV shows. And that's exactly what Sneha Vedya has been doing. 
She says that during the initial weeks of the lockdown, she was anxious, but over time, she beautifully embraced this period. The lockdown has made her realize that there is more to life than what she had planned for. In fact, she's now scared of going back to the old, fast-paced life where she spent four hours every day commuting to work and back or had a busy social schedule. In this old, busy life, she couldn't give herself or her family much time. When her mother passed away a few years ago, she coped with it the way she knew best, by drowning herself with responsibilities and keeping herself busy. And now, she's scared that once normalcy returns, She'd be so busy that she will have no time for cooking with passion or going for long peaceful walks and would be constantly trying to juggle her old life and new. Before moving on to the final segment of the episode, a quick shout out to Udita Chaturvedi, the producer of the show, to Payal Rathor, the audio engineer of the show, to Nishant Nagar for the theme track and to all the voice artists who helped us lend authenticity to these letters. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Letters from the Lockdown. Or drop us your feedback, comments and suggestions at lettersfromthelockdown at gmail.com. And with that, we bring you the featured music of the episode. Today's musical surprise comes from theatrical avant-prog neo-folk noise rock band Serpents of Pakhangba. Formed by multi-instrumentalist songwriter Vishal J. Singh and seasoned bass player Manas Chaudhary, the band in its current form comprises Panama-origin percussionist drummer Fidel Dei Murillo and vocalist Aruna Jade. They often use light language in their songs. The featured song of the day is in Manipuri and is a message of the never-ending love from the mother to us. You can check their music out on your preferred platform and follow them on Instagram at Serpents of Pakhangba. Our featured music of the day comes from Serpents of Pakhangba featuring Tamara Mayela with their track Ima. I'm Shagun Trisal. You've been listening to Letters from the Lockdown. <laughs>